0: the show you love with even more local news and more local reaction the mike douglas show now weekdays from three till five on power talk 1360 kfiv
1: And welcome to the Mike Douglas show. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation as we kick off this Friday. And it's another what's on your mind Friday here on the Mike Douglas show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Uh, Normally, we like to keep the calls in line with the talk topics we're talking about on Fridays we relax things a little bit and if there's a topic you uh, haven't been able to discuss that we haven't discussed and you'd like to bring it to our attention why we uh, would love to hear from you again it's so what's on your mind Friday our phone number 2095513483 uh, we'll uh, have uh, a little conversation about President Biden and his introduction of our new Supreme Supreme Court Justice uh, to be uh, this morning. Uh, interesting comments that he made. And second hour, uh, we're going to welcome back former Congressman Richard Pombo. Get his take on uh, quite a few things that are happening uh, around our country and our world today. Really. Uh, Really enjoyed our conversation with him a few weeks ago. Again, looking forward to that second hour coming up here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Uh, This morning, President Biden had a press conference at the White House to introduce uh, Justice, no longer Judge, but she'll be Justice uh, Ketanji Brown-Jackson and really departed from his role that he talked about during the campaign as, I, I guess I would term it, uh, a would-be unifier-in-chief. He really threw the gauntlet down today. And I, I I would think I would simply introduce the new justice and... I, I would try to make it as palatable as possible for everyone. And so in just a few moments, I'm going to play his comments for you and get your take on what is he thinking or what are the people who are writing his scripts thinking. Again, it's uh, What's on Your Mind Friday here on the Mike Douglas Show at 209 551 three four eight three let's go right to the phones at the top of the show today kyle uh, in modesto what's on your mind today
2: well sir thank you for uh your program and your great screener but why i'm calling is i think the focus need, has to be completely on the traitor in the white house the commander in chief what he is doing behind the scenes with the russians and the chinese i don't think anything else matters until we find out what he's doing to our country
1: Kyle I I agree with you I you know we don't have to look too far uh, do we uh, out of the gate what does he do? He cancels the Keystone XL pipeline. He is absolutely uh, intent on destroying the um, the oil industry. He has been very ineffective at unifying the country as uh, as he purported uh, to do during the campaign so let's give this a, a little more focus Kyle what are the uh, give give me one or two thoughts that you have on what president biden should be doing right now to be an effective president for everyone
2: resign resign and (laughs) and, uh, let's have another election and bring back somebody with common sense and get rid of this whole uh, basic, uh, I was going to say democratic, but let's say demon possessed um, people that are running our country right now. They are on a death mission to bring us to our knees. It's really serious stuff. Kyle, thank I, you, Mike. I'm yeah. gonna make a fool of myself if I keep rambling. I thank you very much.
1: <laughs> well, Lisa, thanks for calling and Bye. and uh, thanks for sharing your, your thoughts with us, uh, Kyle. I uh, Kyle raised an issue, and this is going to this is going to segue perfectly into what I want to share with you right now. I'm I am stunned in some ways, uh, befuddled in others about what the Biden administration is doing. And it's it's creating, I believe, a lot of anger across the nation when he should be attempting, I would think, especially with the 2022 midterms coming up, should be reaching out and trying to find common ground. L- listen to this. This this is from the uh, press conference this morning, where President Biden introduced. Uh, Our new uh, Supreme Court Justice, uh, who will take the place of retiring Justice uh, Stephen Breyer. And, uh, of course, you know her name, Ketanji Brown Jackson. Uh, You've seen a lot of the hearings, uh, clips from the hearings that occurred over the past uh, couple of weeks. Listen very carefully to how President Biden chose to include these words in his introduction of the new associate justice. Listen carefully.
3: I knew it wouldn't be easy, but I knew the person I nominated would be put through a painful and difficult confirmation process. But I have to tell you, what Judge Jackson was put through was well beyond that. There was verbal abuse, the anger, the constant interruptions, the most vile, baseless assertions and accusations. In the face of it all, Judge Jackson showed the incredible character and integrity she possesses. Poise!
1: And the crowd went wild. Help me understand this. Did you watch a lot of these hearings? I did. And I also watched much of the process for Brett Kavanaugh. And I watched much of the process for Amy Coney Barrett. I saw... Interrogators lie, create lies about both of them. I watched as as much as I could of the hearings for Justice Ketanji Brown Jackson. The president said there's there was verbal abuse, anger, constant interruptions, and vile assertions and vile accusations. Did Maybe I missed it. Did you hear any any of that? I, I really help me if I missed it. Did Did you see or hear verbal abuse of Judge Jackson? Did you hear anger directed towards Judge Jackson? Did you see constant interruptions of Judge Jackson, and did you hear vile assertions and accusations about Judge? Jackson? Or did you see something else? Because if you and I didn't see it, that means that the President of the United States is intentionally lying and intentionally throwing the gauntlet down and trying to create more division within the United States of America. Why is he doing that? Why do you think he's doing that? Our number here: area code 209-551-3483. four eight three, two zero nine five five one three four eight three. I'm really mystified. I, I and I, I am used to his press secretary spinning and uh, getting pretty close to untruths half-truths, which to me are not truths, I've come to expect that from his press secretary. But you would think, I would think, that the President of the United States of America, especially at a time when the world is in upheaval, with midterms coming, why would he not take the opportunity today... To at least provide a unifying message regarding the new Associate Justice? <clears throat> it really boggles, uh, boggles my mind. Maybe you have an answer to that. I'd like to hear it. 209 551 3483, our number here on What's On Your Mind Friday. What's on my mind right now? Real estate. <laughs> Now listen, I, it takes an expert. I look to expert when it comes to things like this, and my go-to expert in real estate is Dan Phipps. Good reasons right now to sell if you're in the mood to sell your property. Prices are up, inventory's low, and these future interest rates make prices uncertain. So do you have a growing family or maybe you're working from home and you need more space? I understand that. If you do... Call the agent I trust. His name is Dan Phipps. His proprietary marketing system guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours for full market value or Dan will sell it for free. His home selling program designed to maximize your sales price, you're in complete control. And I love this, no required costly repairs, no long-term contracts, and you pick your move date. Dan can even find you a new home Before you move, Carrie and Melissa and Merced, they tell us that due to some recent life changes, they had to sell in a hurry, but they needed full value. They heard about Dan Phipps, went to him, gave him the job. Day one, Dan launched into action. He sold their home in days, and they report he got them $30,000 more than the same house only a block away. Call Dan Phipps. He is the man. Dan is the man I recommend, and I would re- I would hire him to sell my own home. He's the only agent who guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours, or it's sold free. Call Dan Phipps, 209-840-6378, or go to danphipps.com. That's Dan Phipps with three Ps, D-A-N-P-H-I-P-P-S, Dot .com and we'll go back to the phones take your calls in 3 minutes as the Mike Douglas show continues on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
0: The Mike Douglas show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. It's today's conversation for Stockton, Modesto, and beyond. Now, back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
1: And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show on What's On Your Mind Friday. Our phone number here, 209 551 3483. Again, I've been uh, mystified by President Biden's approach. Uh, to creating, I think, a lot of divisiveness right now. And I would think if, if, if he wants to head up the, the Democratic Party and uh, create momentum for them going into 2022, that he'd want to be more unifying. I'm a bit mystified by his approach. Let's see what you think. Our phone number here, 209-551-3483. And uh, let's go to Gail in Modesto. Gail, what are your thoughts?
4: hi um well i'm I'm not sure if you're tongue in cheek and you really know what's going on behind the scenes or if you're just um, very serious in your approach, but either way, we can get the truth out. We know that Biden clearly told us that everyone has compromising pictures with children, all of us, and we all know that's not so. Uh, we know that his son his son there's a lot of comp. i was kicked off of fake book for 90 days for posting just one photo of his son with a little girl that was so sickening I can't even explain it. um, We know that he now has put this woman in a place of power and authority that would be very, um, what's the word? (laughs) She would be on their team, if you will, uh, to uh, come down on, on some kind of ruling on this. We know that Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence uh, used to be nationwide, and then they were specifically more targeting California. We know they've been here to Modesto a few times. I've had the pleasure, if you will, of seeing them and standing against them, and um, even so far as sharing the platform a few times with a few churches in the area. So um, we know that pedophilia is rampant. We know Disney's involved. And a lot of us have been fighting this fight for 30 or 40 years. We're weary, and I'm so excited to see that it's starting to break.
1: Yeah, Gail, I think one of the th- trends that we're seeing And you asked if I was being tongue-in-cheek in in some of my questions. Yes, some of them are rhetorical. (laughs) But, uh, Gail, I think what we're seeing, and, and this is tragic, and I think it's very dangerous, and I would agree with you on that. We are seeing a normalization of aberrant behavior, and I believe we're seeing a normalization of the abuse of children. And uh, I don't think Absolutely. it's too far down the line. I think we're already seeing that in, in many of these uh, uh, efforts with uh, local schools. But thankfully, it's starting to come to the surface and people are starting to, uh, yeah, starting to recognize it. So I think that's good, Gail, that there, uh, again, is an acknowledgment that it's out there, that it's real. It's not just a conspiracy theory. And, uh, and so all. that's good. That, that's a good trend. Gail, thanks for your call. Really appreciate it uh, today. <clears throat> Gail, some good thoughts there. Again, I, I just, I, I'm thinking of it in terms of a uh, political strategy. M- maybe President Biden and his administration and the leadership of the Democratic Party feel it is a good strategy to divide the nation. As we head into the midterms in 2022, I, I don't fathom that. I don't understand it, but maybe that's their uh, maybe that's their that's their campaign strategy. And I, I think, and I'm thinking about uh, Gail's points here. I think we're beyond uh, the D and the R that follows uh, political affiliations now. I, I believe that we're moving way beyond that, which I think is a good thing. Ultimately, I think that is a good thing, because the people of America now have the opportunity to find common ground, common ground together. Well, over what things, Mike? Well, let's just take uh, some of the educational issues that are being brought up by parents across the nation. Do we find common ground together in saying, we don't believe that children— in school ought to be encouraged to have their genitals hacked off or changed and to promote them feeling uh, and, and taking hormone therapy to change their gender. Do any of us think that's a good thing in this audience? I'm looking for a hand. I'm not seeing any hands raised in favor of that. You see, I think a lot of people, Democrats, Republicans, independents, you name it, I think people of good conscience and especially people of faith will have to say, no, we we don't think that's a good idea. Uh, If someone's 18 years old, that's up to them. 21 years old, that's up to them. They want to um, have their bodies changed so that they can play a, a different gender That's their business. But it's not the country's business. It is not the White House's business. It is not Congress's business. It's not the House of Representatives' business. It's not the Senate's business. It's not the state of California governor's business. It's not the state of California Assembly's business. It's not the state of California's Senate business to take the place of Parents remove them from decisions about their children. No, parents have authority over their children. We want government out of it. Don't you think that we can find common ground with many people, regardless of their political affiliations, about that? I think so. And so in, in a way, although I think it's tragic to see a lot of what we're seeing going on, a lot of the promotion of, of uh, what I believe is the abuse of children taking, on, uh, taking place across the nation in our schools, and then to see the FBI used as a hammer and as a silencer to shut up parents who are standing up for their rights. This is, this is an abuse of power. It's an abuse of authority. You can't tell me that the founding fathers determined that, yes, down the line, we think our Constitution and our Bill of Rights will support gender change for minor children. I, I don't think so. And, and again, the argument, and I think it's a good argument, how can we say, well, You can't vote till you're 18, but gee, when you're six, you can decide if you want to have your uh, genitals removed or altered. You can decide if you want hormone therapy at six or seven, but you can't vote till you're 18. Uh, We're not going to send you to war until you're 18 or so. We're not going to let you drink alcohol till you're what, 21? We're not going to let you smoke till you're, I don't know, what is it, 18 or 21 to buy, technically buy cigarettes? And I'm going to let you do that. But by golly, if you decide you want to change your gender when you're five, six, seven years old because some teacher decided to bend your mind against the will of your parents, Whoa, that's okay, according to the Biden administration. Did any of you vote for President Biden? And I'm not asking for hands. I'm just asking if you voted for Biden or maybe you voted against Trump, whatever. How are you feeling about that now? I'm not even asking you to call. I'm just asking you to think through it. How do you feel now looking at the way the nation is being destroyed in the space of about one and a half years? And we've got more of the Biden administration coming. Not to me, it's not about Democrat, Republican, independent, whatever. To me, it's about justice and righteousness. To me, it's about standing up for what's true. To me, it's about protecting our children. And right now, our state and federal government are out to the best way they can destroy our children and their minds and their physical bodies as well. It's terrible. And so I ask you to process all that. And remember, we have midterms coming up in November 2022. I do believe it'll be a tipping point for California, and I believe it's going to be a tipping point for the United States of America. God help us, literally God help us, if we continue on the track we're on. No thank you, Washington, D.C. No thank you, Sacramento, you're destroying us. Mike Douglas show will continue. I'm going to have more coffee. That's dangerous in five minutes. Mike Douglas show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Be right back.
0: The Mike Douglas show. Now, weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Local talk is back in the valley with KFIV's Mike Douglas. Weekdays hit three on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
1: And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation here on Friday. And Fridays are what's on your mind? What's on your mind? Fridays at 209 551 3483. Our telephone number 209 551 3483. And uh, I'm armed with my hot cup of coffee. I wasn't always a coffee drinker, by the way. Let me just go down a rabbit trail here for a moment. You know what drove me to coffee? As you know, I, I, uh, I'm a teetotaler. My choice is uh, not to imbibe alcohol, but that's my choice. And uh, anyway, I didn't always dr- I didn't drink coffee until my oh, mid to maybe late 20s, government, government drove me to coffee. I happened to be, uh, serving in, in, uh, Southern California in a small, uh, was then a fairly small town, a police department there. And, uh, the guy that I shared an office with, uh, wonderful, wonderful guy. I remember him well. And tragically, uh, died as a result of a drunk driver uh, hitting him when he was on his motorcycle. But anyway, uh, he and I became best friends. And uh, when I moved into his office, he said, now, if you're going to be in my office, you have to drink coffee. I said, I don't like coffee. He says, well, then you'll have to sit outside because if you're going to be in my office, you have to drink coffee. So I said, okay, Randy. So uh he he got me uh, started on coffee and I uh and and really now in in my new chapter of life over the past 25 years as a vocational pastor I can tell you that coffee is also um the nectar of ministry. Yes, coffee is the nectar of ministry. So many <coughs> discussions, major decisions made in in my ministerial career over coffee. Now, government coffee, and I've had the worst. I've had it in the field at wildfires and uh, scenes of earthquakes and things like that. Sometimes government coffee is some of the worst coffee in the world. I am a little bit finicky about coffee. I like good coffee. And uh, so anyway, I, I, I love having my mug here, having it hot. And uh, caffeine really doesn't seem to, although I joke about it, doesn't seem to really affect me much. I can drink uh, caffeinated coffee at 11 o'clock at night and go to sleep without any problem. Of course, I don't normally go to sleep until maybe... One thirty-two in the morning, but that's another issue. But anyway, uh, so there we go. That's that's my that's my journey with coffee. So lest you think that it is the coffee that sometimes uh, causes me to get a little bit passionate here on the radio, uh, it's not. It's uh, it's a subject matter. What are you passionate about today? What's on your mind? Our telephone number two zero nine five five one three four eight three. 209-551-3483. And as long as I'm sojourning through deep weeds today, let me, uh, let me uh, sojourn into some deeper weeds. <clears throat> I normally don't do this out of professional courtesy. I don't normally comment on other pastors, on other ministries, out of professional courtesy, if, if nothing else. However, something popped up on my radar screen here that I feel compelled to share with you and comment upon. So, bear with me. Here we go. In a Illinois, in Illinois, there is a congregation there that has posted a notice about Lent. And here is the the notice about Lent from this First United Church. And by the way, there's a First United Methodist Church. It is not the First United Methodist Church. I believe this congregation is in Oak Park, if I'm not mistaken, Oak Park, Illinois. Uh, Anyway, yes, First United Oak Park, First United Church in Oak Park, Illinois. They have this posted on their website. Fasting from whiteness. Now remember, this is the Lenten season in the liturgical church calendar. This is the time uh, really between Ash Wednesday, which traditionally is about the seventh Wednesday before Easter Sunday or Resurrection Sunday, uh, leading up to Palm Sunday. And during the Lenten season, oftentimes many of us will Give up something, not because we have to, but because it's a reminder of the sacrifice that Christ made for us in general, basically. All right. Fasting from whiteness. Here we go. This is posted on their website. For Lent this year, First United is doing a mix of giving something up and taking something on. This is a quote from their website. In our worship services throughout Lent, we will not be using any music or liturgy written or composed by white people. Our music will be drawn from the African American spirituals tradition, from South African freedom songs, from Native American traditions, and many, many more. For Lent, It is our prayer that in our spiritual disciplines we may grow as Christians united in the body of Christ with people of all ages, nations, races, and origins. All right, so this church in Oak Park, Illinois is going to fast from whiteness. They're not going to sing. They are not going to use any liturgies written by white people. Now, This is interesting. Time is just an observation. Just an observation. The lead pastor, Pastor Edgerton, is white. The associate pastor of education, Pastor Mulkey, is white. The pastor associate, Pastoral Associate for Youth and Congregational Care, is white. And the only pastor that seems to be a person of color is the director of music ministries who looks to be Asian. Let me finish a comment here. We'll get to the phones. And I just want to be very clear about why I'm bringing this up. This, to me, is a twisting of the Christian faith. And let me say why. Two quick principles, and I'll get out of this tall grass, and we'll move on to what you want to talk about. Just very quickly, let me put on my pastor hat very quickly. The covenant between God and Abram, or Abraham, as most of you know him, included this phrase, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. You can find that in Genesis 12, verses 2 and 3. And then there's the Apostle Paul, who writes in Galatians 3.28, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. His point being, there is no hierarchy in the Christian faith, no human is superior to another, no race is superior to each other, no race is inferior to another, all one in the eyes of God. I am embarrassed that a fellow pastor would post this on their website. All right. Let's get back to the phones. 209-551-3483. Area code 209-551-3483. Three, let's, uh, let's go to uh, the west side of Stanislaus County, uh, to Patterson and Vicki. Vicki, what's on your mind today?
5: Well, I you know, I could be wrong about the, the law. So if I am, I would rely on you to correct me. But it seems to me that the main function of our government is to keep us safe and protect us. So in my mind, we're suffering an invasion on our southern border a literal invasion about to get a lot worse now the thing is is why is a president of the united states not being impeached for treason for letting our country be invaded
1: i think the short answer to you, to your question vicky is that you have a democratic party controlled uh, house of representatives and with the vice president vote, basically a, a Senate that would tip the same direction. There's no accountability for the president of the United States in Washington, D.C. I think that's the that's the short answer, sadly.
5: Well, then, then my next question would be, what do is there a, is there some kind of outlet where the people of the United States, can impeach a president and go over the heads of Congress or any of the administration's various outlets.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting thought, not to my knowledge, Vicki, and I don't want to go too far out on that, uh, icy lake for fear. I might fall in and freeze to death, but I, I don't believe so. I believe it has to go through, uh, the, uh, the house of representatives and such. And so, uh, I, I get what you're saying, Vicky. In fact, I empathize with it. I think the answer right now is November 2022 and November 2024. Again, I think uh, I think those are tipping points. And Vicki, I'm picking up your frustration. And I, I think you and I share the same frustrations as well. Thanks for calling and, and sharing your heart with us today, Vicky. Really appreciate that. Vicki from Patterson asking, is there a way for the people of the United States of America to remove a president unless I am incorrect? <clears throat> the theory is our representatives in uh, in Washington, D.C. are the ones to do that. And uh, if they don't, if there's a supermajority of one party uh, that is controlling the House of Representatives and the Senate, again, the Senate is... Uh, Kind of, it's a, it's like a teeter-totter, but when you have the final vote being able to be cast by the vice president, it's uh, pretty much a done deal in terms of supporting the, uh, the administration. But I get it, Vicki. I think a lot of people are just really frustrated, and we feel like, where's the court of appeal, so to speak? How, how do we rectify an administration that is selling us down the river? Well, coming up in the not too distant future, after the top of the hour, former Congressman Richard Pombo is going to be joining us. And uh, Vicky, I'm I'm going to take some of your uh, questions to uh, Mister Pombo. Uh, he's been in the House of Representatives. He's been a congressman. And uh, let's see what what he says. Great point, Vicky. So much appreciate your call on what's on your mind. Friday here on the Mike Douglas show our telephone number for what's on your mind is 209-551-3483 we'll continue in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas show on power talk 1360 KFIV the Mike Douglas show now
0: weekdays from three till five on power talk 1360 KFIV Father, preacher, friend, it's the conversation you've missed. The Mike Douglas Show. Weekdays at three on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And
1: welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show on What's on Your Mind Friday, our phone number 209-551-3483. We'll get to the phones in just a moment. Thinking through Vicky's call a few moments ago. Uh, There are some other issues that we need to think about as well, some other tools to address uh, some of the frustrations we have right now. One is the Convention of States. That's under Article 5, I believe, the Convention of States. Uh, it, it takes quite a few states to, uh, to convene that. That is an issue to deal with uh, uh, changes to the Constitution and such. And then, of course, there's the 25th Amendment that uh, uh, can be used, in, in theory, to uh, remove the president. Uh, but, of course, then you look at who's in line. And you say to yourself, um, well, what are the greater or lessers of the evils involved? Interesting, uh, interesting thought. Let's go back to the phones on What's On Your Mind Friday here on the Mike Douglas Show, two zero nine five five one three four eight three. 551 3483 And uh, let's go back to Modesto and Bob. Bob, what's on your mind today?
5: Hi, Mike, and thank you for uh, for taking my call. Um, On my mind is this uh, Democrat fantasy world of the uh, Green New Deal. Uh, I drive a truck for a living, and um, just today I was thinking about this. You know, you just see all the trucks, all the cars on the highway. You see commerce moving, whether it's by truck or rail. Um, These Democrats have no clue what what is produced from petroleum products hell they wouldn't even be able to drive on a road asphalt is made with oil i just it, it just boggles my mind that these people are in charge and they think they know what's best for america by going green which i'm not opposed to going green in the future but until we get there use what we have and stop holding American people hostage by raising the prices of food, uh, the price of fuel, and just everything in general is going up. It's just frustrating.
1: Absolutely, Bob, and and again, your your point is well taken. There are over six thousand products that are made from gas and oil, uh, petroleum products, and it, it's like uh, there there's uh, they're tone deaf. Uh, to this, Bob. Thanks for the call. Be safe out there, my friend. Appreciate you calling in and sharing your your thoughts with us today. Again, it's uh, what's on your mind Friday at two zero nine five five one three four eight three. Bob, thanks for your thoughts. Let's go up the road a piece to Lodi. Ed, what's on your mind this Friday?
6: Well, um, I'll tell you what. I like what people are saying. I almost everything people have mentioned. I I think about, but one of my a weird inner passions is I am kind of concerned that as a society we have become I think less civil I, I wish that we were more polite I see it in every aspect I see it the way people talk to each other I see it in education I see it with how people drive I see people stealing and eating things in the stores and know just all kinds of stuff. And I'm watching, you know, we've talked about, you know, uh, Disney and how that's changing. And I'm just, my passion is that I would love to see us be, I think better people. And I think people need to work at this. Um, I think it takes a lot of work and it used to be, I don't know, more of a goal I think for people than it seems to be now. Um, one little comment I might say that somebody asked a question about, well, what can we do? Um, I think what you said is the right thing, but there is an ultimate kind of nuclear option, and that is convention of states. And at the convention of states, if enough people got fed up, I think they can actually totally upturn the the, the uh, cart here and and place some new things on top. So that's that's a possibility if the federal government even sometimes the state governments don't handle themselves right you know people do have another option so anyway that's a, that's a horrible possibility but i do do think it is one
1: yeah, absolutely, and so, actually, that that movement. And when did it begin, Ed? Was it back in uh, twenty thirteen that the things uh, really got rolling with that? Uh, there is a procedure for a modification of, of the Constitution, and uh, Article I think it's yeah. Article Five, right? Uh, that Article uh, Five, yes. Yeah, yeah, that, that provides the convention of states, and I think uh, it would take let's see i think it takes what two-thirds of the state legislatures yeah, to pass thir- it. i
6: think it takes 38 states
1: yeah somewhere 30 somewhere, 38 yeah somewhere between 34 Maybe 38 somewhere in there yeah and uh you know whether yeah. we get that or not i don't know i think several uh i think 17 i'm doing this from 17 states i think have uh entertained this uh, anyway it it's an option out there uh ed and it it may come to pass uh depending on what happens in november twenty twenty two yeah
6: we've only had one we only had one and it was in what uh, seventeen eighty one or something like seventeen eighty nine whatever it was, and then that's how we got the constitution we have now yeah. and um they could you know you, you know they can set their own rules and they could literally set aside government if they needed to and yeah. uh if government doesn't do its job then they're going to force something out of people.
1: Well, and and I think, uh, it, by the way, Ed, thanks for the call. G- great reminder about the Convention of States. Uh, Ed, Ed, doing some good historical uh, perspective uh, with us there, also knows the uh, uh, Constitution as well. And so that that is an option. <clears throat> and I'm wondering if there might be bipartisan reports. Uh, support for that if things get much worse again i think november 22 2022 will be a a tipping point uh, we'll see uh, what happens and uh, i know what's going to happen in uh just about five or six minutes and that's uh, former congressman richard pombo is going to be joining us we'll look forward to that as the mike douglas show continues right here on power talk 1360 kfiv see you in five minutes
0: The show you love with even more local news and more local reaction. The Mike Douglas show now weekdays from three till five on power talk 1360 KFIV.
1: And welcome back to the Mike Douglas show. Our number two on this uh, warming up. Fridays feels like summer out there, doesn't it? Here in California's Central Valley, Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation as we uh, as we get running on our number two here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk thirteen sixty KFIV. Our privilege to have on the line with us a uh, former Congressman Richard Pombo with us, uh, formerly serving in Californians, uh, California's California's eleventh district from I think I got the dates right here sir 1993 to 2007 Uh, welcome back to the show sir great to have you with us
7: hey mike it's great to be back
1: let me start off with just a sense of the frustration that I think a lot of people are feeling, and some of our callers have expressed it today. They're looking at what's happening in Washington, d c. They're looking at what's happening with President Biden. And they're feeling frustrated because they feel like they're they have no power. Uh, they have no influence in washington, d c, and they're wondering what what can we do? what what can be done? So let me pose that question to you. How, as a as a former congressperson, how would you respond to them in the situation we're in right now? How do we respond to the frustrations that so many people are feeling about what's going on in the White House right now?
7: Well, I think, first of all, I think that uh, you and I probably share that frustration with, with what's happening. And currently under our constitution the the only way that well there's two ways but the main way that you could remove someone from from office is to to go through an impeachment procedure which starts in the house of representatives and if the person the, the president is impeached through through the house it goes to the senate and they have to vote on convicting, and that takes a two-thirds majority of the Senate. And with the the Democrats controlling the House and and basically controlling the Senate, um, that would be uh, nearly impossible to accomplish. the The only other way under our Constitution to to remove somebody from office would be the 25th amendment which would actually involve the um the the cabinet themselves voting to remove that person from office and then having it affirmed by by congress both of those results today would result in kamala harris becoming <laughs> becoming the president and that's to me is is a more scary situation than than trying to figure out what we do with joe biden
1: richard pombo our guest former congressman uh covering what uh was then uh, californians uh 11th district by the way uh richard it, it it's hard to keep up what district is covering what these days with all the redistricting yeah but right uh but uh no, I,
7: they've changed dramatically i mean my the new district that that I live in w- will be the the 13th, which includes the southern part of Tracy down through Stanislaus County and beyond. Um, that I believe is a a district that, while it voted for Joe Biden in the last election, I believe it's one of those districts that could be won by a republican um the the central valley democrats aren't uh aren't san francisco democrats they tend to be more moderate more middle of the road and open to to voting different different ways i mean when i first got elected i i got elected in a district a central valley district that also voted for Barbara Boxer, Diane Feinstein, and Bill Clinton. And and I won that district. So the Central Valley Democrats typically are are different than than some of the more liberal areas of California.
1: Well, and thank you for that, because I'm wondering if we're not reaching the point where the political affiliation is going to become moot. And a lot of people, whether or not they publicly make the admission or not, I, I'm wondering if a lot of people, regardless of their political affiliation, are going to say in, in November of 2022 and November of 2024, look, this thing is getting out of control and I, I'm going to vote. I'm going to cross party line. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to vote for common sense and and the rule of law. Do you do you think we might see that trend happen as early as November?
7: Yeah, I, I absolutely do. And and it's very similar to what we saw in 1992 and 1994 throughout the country. I mean, a lot of people don't realize that the year that Bill Clinton won the presidency, the Republicans picked up 10 seats in the House. Uh, the year that that uh, Joe Biden won the presidency, the, the Republicans picked up seats in the House. And, and both in, in 1992, 1994, and 2008, 2010, we saw that people just got fed up with what's going on and, and switched who was in the majority in congress and i i think that what you're going to see in 2022 is you're going to see a switch in who controls congress because people just get get fed up with what's going on and you know they vote for change and then when they see what that change is they say oh well, well wait a minute that's not what we meant and and they turn out the next election and and vote the other way and you know the most important thing going into 2022 is people have to vote. You know it's it's not preordained. It, they have to show up and vote. And it it's going to take ordinary people, the men and women that work for a living to show up to vote to change what's going on.
1: It'll be interesting. Uh, do you think we'll see a higher percentage, uh, well, across the nation, but even in California, do you think we'll see a higher percentage of people voting in the midterms?
7: I think we'll see more than what we typically have in, in a midterm election. Uh, it won't, I, I doubt if it's going to rival the, the turnout that we had in 2020 or 2016, but I think you'll see a higher turnout, and, you know, the higher prices go on, on gas, the higher prices go on, on food and interest rates going up and the impact that has on your average family. I, I think that you'll see a higher turnout than what we typically do in a midterm election because people, people are fed up. And, you know, people usually vote on, on what affects them directly. And what you've seen over the last year or year and three months is been negative for most people in this country and most people in California. You know, we're paying over $6 a gallon for gas in, in many parts of California right now, and that hurts people. It may not hurt wealthy people who, who can afford to pay more. But for most working class people, especially people that commute, they're getting hurt by that. And every person that goes to the grocery store is getting hurt by that, just seeing those prices go up. And as we see interest rates begin to rise, we're going uh, to see everybody's monthly incomes go down just trying to pay, pay for what, the, what they borrow uh, to afford to live.
1: Nothing like some pain to create some passion, right
7: yeah exactly <laughs> uh,
0: our
1: our guest is richard pombo a uh, congressman he served uh, in Congress. And uh, we so much appreciate his uh, insights served from ninety three to two thousand and seven in Californians uh, California's eleventh district. Uh, Richard, if you don't mind, let's uh, let's go to the phones right now. And Loretta sure. from Ceres has uh, a comment for uh, for you and for me, Loretta, it's all yours. Go ahead, please.
4: I wish to state, sir, I happen to be a Democrat, and I haven't heard any people that are democratic calling in. However, If you would give me $10 million, I still wouldn't vote for that thing that's up there. So I don't know how in the world it's going right now, but I sure hope that they change it. Thank you, sir. Loretta, thanks. I
7: appreciate that comment a great deal, and and I've got to tell you, I grew up in a household where my father and most of his family were Democrats growing up, and— my mother was was and is a strong Republican, and when I ran for office, the first time I ran for office, I re-registered over 100 of my relatives so they could vote for me in the primary, so that they could vote Republican. And I grew up in a strong Democrat household, but I don't know any of them that voted Democrat. So I, I understand, and, and I know what's, uh, what's going on, especially with you know, your your typical working families.
1: Loretta, thanks so much for your call, and and uh, Richard, I think Loretta represents uh, a lot of folks who are registered Democrats, and we, we yeah. tend to, you know, the, the, the uh, headlines tend to be for the progressives, uh, the AOCs and such, but I think there are a lot of Democrats, especially, as you mentioned before, here in the Central Valley that are saying, no, this is not what we signed up for. Richard, before we let you go, uh, I want to uh, play a... Um, a soundbite here from uh, President Biden this morning, as he was introducing our new uh, associate Supreme Court justice. Uh, and get get your take on what you think was in the president's mind, or those who wrote his script. Why did he take this particular tack this morning? Here's here's the clip.
3: I knew it wouldn't be easy, but I knew the person I nominated will be put through a painful and difficult confirmation process. But I have to tell you, what Judge Jackson was put through was well beyond that. There was verbal abuse, the anger, the constant interruptions, the most vile, baseless assertions and accusations. In the face of it all, Judge Jackson showed the incredible character and integrity she possesses.
1: All right, what do you think was why would he throw the gauntlet down and say something divisive like that and and uh, what what's your take on that richard?
7: well it, it, it quite frankly, all it is is a continuance of his effort and the Democrat Party's effort right now on on a national level to to divide people and to somehow Try to, to anger the base and, and get in the middle of, of what typical people are thinking about. Um, this is a, a call-out to the base of the Democrat Party, and I, I don't really want to say it that way. What it, I think it's the, the base in the Democrat Party on the left. It's the progressive far-left wing of the Democrat Party, and, it, and it's a call-out to them – um to To motivate them to anger them, to get them involved with the next election, um I watched most of the the hearings that um, the Supreme Court justice went through i I think it was probably one of the most mild hearings that we've had in the yes. last probably sixteen to twenty years um all of this, if you remember, all of this negativeness started on, on Supreme Court hearings. Really back with uh, with Judge Bork is when it really started to get negative and bad, and they right. started going after people personally. That's really when it started. Um, Clarence Thomas went through a horrible um, confirmation hearings where they went after his character. They had, They tried to... To destroy him personally, um, and that was Joe Biden, who was the the architect of that, who at the time was the the chairman of the Judiciary committee in in the Senate, and he's the one that that really pushed that to its limits. Um, I don't think there was anything even closely approaching that uh, that happened in this this particular set of hearings. But it's a way to reach out and motivate the progressive left to get involved in the next election. And, and you're, you're seeing that, and you're going to continue to see that on multiple issues going forward. Um, you've watched what they've done with the Ukrainian war with Russia, where they've gone after Republicans saying that they were pro-Russian, pro-Putin, uh, which could be anything far from the truth. Um, but that's that's their way of trying to divide people and, and trying to create some kind of issue that they can carry into November of 2022.
1: Richard Pombo, former congressman. Great analysis. Thank you. So we always enjoy having you with us. Look forward to your next visit. Again, our, our guest has been Congressman Richard Pombo and the Mike Douglas show will continue in three minutes right here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
0: The Mike Douglas Show. Now, weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. It's today's conversation for Stockton, Modesto, and beyond. Beyond. Now, back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
1: And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show on this What's On Your Mind Friday. Our phone number here, if you'd like to tell us what's on your mind today, 209 551 3483. Area code 209 551 3483. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, uh, those of you, and I'm, I have loved attending Disneyland in the past, had the opportunity to go to Disney world and and Epcot uh, many years ago. Uh, I'm choosing not to go now, uh, because I don't choose to give them money to, uh, be political and to, um, populate the, um, the country with views that I think are antithetical to what's healthy for the country. But anyway, putting that aside, uh, if you enjoy rides like at Disneyland or Universal Studios, did you see this? Uh, Universal Studios in Hollywood, uh, and was this yesterday? I think it might have been yesterday, or maybe it was last week. Uh, (laughs) Apparently, they had a power outage at Universal Studios in Hollywood. And uh, ABC uh, Channel 7, uh, the news uh, outlet down there, uh, said that the L.A. County Fire Department uh, said 11 people had to be rescued from the Transformers ride Thursday afternoon, and that outage also impacted the Harry Potter ride. Uh, no injuries, and everyone was able to exit safely. Wow. Wouldn't that be something to be on a, a thrill ride ride? and the power goes out now I, I i guess i made an assumption that there would be backup power backup generators but i suppose they would have to be really really powerful generators to be able to deal with some of those rides i uh, but can you imagine uh, or or on the top I, I don't i don't do heights well anymore i, I you know rappelling off of buildings you used to do that with uh the state uh, office of emergency services uh you know being in helicopters coming out of helicopters not a problem i don't know i don't deal with heights well anymore so i'm thinking what would happen if you're at the very tippy top of a ferris wheel and the power goes out w- would you be serene up there or would that um uh, give you a little, uh, upset tummy up there. Maybe, uh, some nervousness. I don't know. That's, uh, that's something to think about. You know, make me think twice before going on. I don't know where to go on a ride now. I, I really, my, um, uh, my rides really have been, uh, restricted to Disneyland over the years to, uh, Disney world and such. Uh, so I, uh, frankly, I've not been, a tender at Magic Mountain or uh, Universal Studios or such, uh, but anyway, I'm I'm just thinking, what what would it be like to be at the top of that Ferris wheel and and get stuck up there? Uh, that uh, that that might create a a, a few uh, nervous moments for me, possibly. I have no problem, by the way, being in helicopters with the doors open. Still don't. I love choppers, love helicopters. When I was an explorer with the Pasadena Police Department way back when I was a teenager, couldn't wait to go up in the helicopter and uh, had an open door at that time. Couldn't wait, love it. I've done uh, helicopter rides, my wife and I, with uh, pilots uh, in Hawaii who were Vietnam vets, Vietnam pilots. And they, and we told them, "Hey, do do what you do." And I tell you, those Vietnam vets, they can pilot a helicopter, uh, taking us in and out of uh, the various valleys and such. Love that. No problem there whatsoever, but it's something about being on a ride and getting stuck on it that uh, that creates some might create some angst for me anyway. I don't know about you. Well, coming back in five minutes, uh, have you heard about? Web 3.0. Web 3.0, as far as the uh, internet is concerned, let's explore that together. I This is fascinating to me. We'll do that in five minutes on The Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The
0: Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Local talk is back in the valley with KFIV's Mike Douglas. Weekdays at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
1: And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on this Friday afternoon. Very summery right now. The temperatures, uh, at least here near our clandestine studio for the Mike Douglas Show, climbing into the lower 90s. It's a uh, prelude to summer. Definitely heating up. And uh, for those of you have, who have allergies, I'm sure you're noticing, It's that time of the year as well. But uh, thank you so much for being part of the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360. KFIV, Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation. And on Fridays, it's What's on Your Mind Friday. Uh, The rest of the week, we like to keep the calls in line with the topics we're talking about. On Friday, we open that up. I don't know what's on your mind. We'll give you uh, that freedom at 209-551-3483. I always like to hear your heart and uh, what you think's important in your comments as well, because you are, I think, one of the best audiences in radio, really. Uh, you think about the calls we get, the thought that goes behind them, the rationale, uh, the, the, the realism, uh, the well-thought-out points. Uh, you, you are a joy to converse with. Makes my job very easy here on the Mike Douglas Show. So thank you for that. By the way, uh, looking ahead to uh, the weekend tomorrow on Saturday, KFIV right here, AM 1360 KFIV. has some great lineup of shows on Saturdays. I don't know, do you listen uh, six in the morning, and I'm not always... I'm not always conscious at 6 in the morning on Saturdays because I have late Friday nights, but Hometown Heroes at 6, absolutely wonderful, wonderful show as well. Then 7 o'clock in the morning, it's Behind the Badge, Lieutenant uh, Steve Stanfield and his crew. uh, They're going to be back uh, with their new show this uh, uh, tomorrow on Saturday. They'll be talking about new recruits, uh, the shooting up in Sacramento, and they've had some Uh, big promotions and new job assignments. So uh, we're looking forward to that. 8 o'clock tomorrow, well... It's the best of the Mike Douglas Show. You're going to hear our interview with Josh Whitfield, uh, direct from Warsaw, Poland, about his experiences in uh, Ukraine. And then Duke Cooper is uh, going to be with us again tomorrow. And uh, just a wonderful interview with American Veterans First and the great work that they're doing here in uh, the Riverbank area, not only to to honor veterans, but they go into the parks, they provide veterans with food and and supplies they need, and then they're also uh, very much involved in sending veterans like Josh Whitfield over to Ukraine uh, for humanitarian missions there. So it it was a fantastic show that we had, and that will be a best of tomorrow at 8 o'clock on uh, on the Mike Douglas Show. And then remember, our, our good buddy and frequent guest host here on the Mike Douglas Show, Ed Parko, Real Estate Jerky, 12 noon, all all that lineup coming at you on Saturdays here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. I have been dipping my my toes into this new thing, the decentralized web, or otherwise known as Web Three. I've noticed that since Elon Musk has taken a controlling interest now in Twitter and uh, will now be on the board of directors. I'm seeing more and more articles on this, uh, possibly in response to his influence now with with Twitter. Uh, so it's, it's called by various names the Decentralized Web or Web 3. All right, Mike, if it's Web 3, what were Web 1 and 2? Well, let's let's talk about that Web One, and I'm going to distill this down to its basics. Web One is the original internet that we knew. Businesses, individuals, government agencies uh, be, began to uh, consume information that was being posted. By the way, the internet was not invented. By a certain vice president, no, of many years ago. Nope, nope, nope. It was not. Uh, the World Wide Web actually was uh, was invented by Sir Tim Berners Lee from uh, from Britain, and he had this vision for a collaborative medium, a place where we could all meet and read and write. And so that led to Web 1.0. Again, it was basically an informational source. And businesses, individuals, governments began to consume the information there, and they would occasionally post content. Well, Netscape, remember Netscape, launched its browser in uh, 1994, and that led to what we called the dot-com explosion, And the browsers began to war with each other to capture our attention. And so unlike Web 1.0, where basically we were uh, consuming information, Web uh, 2.0 brought us to the point where we were purveyors of information. Uh, The web became a platform. Software applications were built on the web. Uh, as opposed to just on your desktop. So the the masses of users were able to participate in content creation. You and I could post our own stuff, not just read it from other people. And so we've been dealing with Web 2.0 now for uh, quite a while. And one of the Business models, and this is according to Forbes, excellent article on it. Uh, web 2.0's business model relies on user participation, you and me, to create fresh content and profile data to be sold to third parties for marketing purposes. You know the web is not just there for information and and for us to enjoy. It, it's a business. If you haven't uh, if you haven't noticed. All right, so what's web 3.0? What is this new what is this decentralized web? Well, in uh, in summary, web 3.0 is going to return us probably to something like w- what we initially encountered on the internet. Forbes notes it'll bring us a fairer internet by enabling the individual to be sovereign. In other words, you decide and you control what's going to profit from your time and information. You control what information that comes to you. Right now, you're really at the mercy of the uh, the big tech companies. Uh, for example, we have seen this, have we not? Uh, on on Twitter, especially that that's been in the headlines a lot. Uh, Twitter, the 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 powers that be at Twitter, at least prior to Elon Elon Musk. Uh, assuming a, a lion's share of the control of the stock there, uh, Twitter would decide what you can see or, or not. They would, uh, the, the managers at Twitter would uh, decide through algorithms what, what was appropriate for you to read and see and view or not. They would decide, well, this is a lie or, or this is a truth. They would make that call. You, you couldn't. And uh, many people would notice that all of a sudden, uh, many of their followers, their numbers would be reduced in, in great numbers, in great percentages, and uh, they would be kicked off. Twitter, or they would be suspended from Twitter for a time because Twitter felt that what they were uh, that what they were posting was inappropriate or not true. Well, in the Web 3.0, this uh, brings us to the point of saying you and I decide what types of information we would like instead of the uh, instead of big tech deciding what we would see. So they say Web 3.0's decentralized blockchain protocol will enable individuals like me to connect to an Internet where we can own and be properly compensated for our time and data. And they say it will eclipse an exploitative and unjust web where giant centralized repositories are the only ones that own and profit from it. So it sounds like this is a return to perhaps what the uh, web was in some ways uh, it, when, when, it, when it began. So right now, Twitter will decide if former President Trump can post uh, on its platform and whether it can delete a post that doesn't like about vaccines. And it will decide, Twitter decides what scientists are right, what scientists are wrong. In a decentralized web, in Web 3.0, you and I decide if Donald Trump appears uh, on our feed. And, and we set our own thresholds on vaccine information providers. I like it. I like it. Axios notes that the decentralized Web is what uh, you and I really knew when it was started. And it changed, Axios says, because big companies stepped in and gave people what a lot of them wanted, which was not to have to make their own choices. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to the Web 3.0. Uh, Axios notes, the danger is that it would be the Wild West of speech and power. Well, isn't that what the United States of America is about? The marketplace of ideas? I think it's a great thing. I, I really do. Supporters uh, of Web, Point, uh, Web 3.0 counter that the government and big companies are lousy at and biased in policing speech. So it's it's time for a change. And I'm, I'm wondering if, if this new uh, purchase of, uh, of stock, uh, this new position of Elon Musk as a, a major stockholder now, uh, major, major shareholder, and, and now being put on the board of directors at Twitter, I'm, I'm wondering if this may trigger that change, if may, this may be that tipping point that brings us into Web 3.0. What do you think? Do you like the idea of Web 3.0? Would you like to have the your choice of deciding what you see and what you don't instead of the big tech companies deciding what you see and what you don't? What do you think? 209-551-3483. 209-551-3483 as the Mike Douglas show continues in three minutes here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The
0: Mike Douglas Show. Now, weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Father, preacher, friend, it's the conversation you've missed. The Mike Douglas Show. Weekdays at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome
1: back to The Mike Douglas Show. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation as we wind up a very interesting week here on The Mike Douglas Show. I uh, always. Want to bring to your attention and remind you, I may be the mouthpiece here, but the Mike Douglas Show is uh, is successful because of a team effort, and uh, I just want to acknowledge our team. Uh, the, again, I refer to him as the Jedi Master of Producers, Mike Murray. Absolutely incredible. He helps. Uh, he helps hone me. He helps keep me sharp. He he helps me get better as we as we go along. I'm always looking to learn, always looking to improve. And uh, I tell you, Mike Murray is is the producer of producers. And then we have our assistant producer and call screener, Brenda Lapome and uh, Brenda. Uh, has been uh, serving for many years as the Director of Operations at Advancing Vibrant Communities. And uh, many of you who call uh, talk to Brenda on a fairly regular basis, as uh, she is our assistant producer and call screener, usually for two days out of the week. So our team is important. Uh, I may have the microphone, but I I just want to uh, acknowledge and, and thank our tremendous team here. At, uh, at, at at advancing uh, the Mike Douglas Show, but also Advancing Vibrant Communities because the board of directors there allows me this time to be with you two hours a day, Monday through Friday. And just a reminder, for Advancing Vibrant Communities, any given day of the week, we have somewhere between 200 to 400 opportunities to serve the community listed on our website. You can find that at vibrantcommunities.org, vibrantcommunities.org. Speaking of serving and working, what do you think about a four-day work week? Hmm? Well, California, those pesky legislators up in Sacramento, they're at it again. Again, I often cringe when uh, the California legislature comes back into session. I would love us to have a, a part-time legislature. I, th- I think we would benefit from that. But anyway, there's a new bill If you want to make a note of this, that's moving through the state legislature right now. It is AB twenty nine thirty two, and it would change the definition of a work week from forty hours a week to thirty two hours for companies with more than five hundred employees. Now you say, "Well, that sounds good. I'm all for a four day work week." And I and listen, I've In past professions and and careers, law enforcement and the fire service, uh, there there are very interesting uh, shifts there. And there are four-day work weeks, but uh, they they are more than eight hours a day. Uh, So one of the issues here with a four-day work week, as it is uh, proposed in AB 2932, it would require overtime pay, for making employees work longer than four full days a week. And that's interesting. I mean, I I have to look at that. Uh, Our nonprofit doesn't have more than 500 employees, but as you know, when something like this gets started, eventually it comes full circle, and even smaller companies and nonprofits uh, have to to deal with it. So proponents of the four-day work week say it adapts working life the transformation brought on by the pandemic, and uh, it'll have lots of benefits for employee health, increasing productivity, and even uh, lowering healthcare premiums. Op- op- opposition, rather, uh, from business groups—they uh, say they say nah, we're looking at negative economic effects, and the potential for huge time and a half-related cost overruns, uh, as well as the problem. Of uh, worsened sales and service. So, if you cut the the work week by by state mandate from forty hours to thirty two hours, some businesses, especially uh, smaller businesses, if this eventually applies to them, they they may be um, hard put to cover cover services. Have you noticed right now that there are some businesses that uh, are not open? Because they just don't have staff. I've I've been to some restaurants that have had to reduce their hours. They just because of the pandemic, they they can't get pe- They can't get workers anymore. I have a, a friend of mine who uh, owns a, a business, small business, and he has problems getting employees. And so I, I, I guess I I see advantages and disadvantages to the four day work week. Uh, my my fear is the timing. Is this good right now to bring this up on uh, just as the time that we're still under some restrictions from the pandemic and uh, Governor Newsom still has that emergency declaration in place, we could be back to many of these restrictions. And what would that do if we're into a uh, four-day work week? Let's find out what you think about that. 209-551-3483. Mike from Manteca, what's your take on the four-day work week?
5: Uh, Thank you for taking my call, Mike. I was just wondering if we cut back to 32 hours on a work week, does that now constitute a part-time employee and corporations would then be allowed to reduce the health coverage? Because now you're a part-time employee, so you wouldn't get full benefits. I just wonder if that's part of the plan as well.
1: Yeah, I don't know, but that's an interesting thought. I'm I'm thinking that a lot of the uh, thresholds that we deal with right now, Mike, are are going to be readjusted. Uh, that's my thought. We'll see what happens as this uh, as this bill uh, progresses. Uh, Mike, considering, uh, and I, I'm not sure what type of uh, career you have or had. Uh, how how would a 32 hour work week work for you in in your career?
5: Oh, I could probably never pull it off. I'm in the uh, can business. I I manufacture cans for a living, so I'm a manager for a can company in the valley, and uh, uh, we go by union contract. So that wouldn't affect us at all because it's a negotiated contract.
1: Right. Right. Mike, Mike, thanks for the call. Really appreciate it uh, very, very much. Uh, and friends, thank you for your input today. As always, well stated, uh, good things to think about. And and we always spur each other on. I, I learned from you. I hope you benefit from me as well. And uh, so we will look forward to rejoining you on Monday. From three to five P.M. right here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Coming up, it's Trevor Carey Show. Here on the Mike Douglas Show as we close, stand by again for Trevor Carey on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.